We have a handful of completely bizarre and in some cases maddening topics to discuss with you on this week's episode of News Dump. Uh, from new lows for Ticketmaster to complete chaos continuing to play out on the raging car fire that is Twitter.com to updates about stories that have somehow gotten even stranger. I think there's bigger news than any of what you just said, though. Yeah, that's right, yeah. because right as we were about to hit Moments record... Moments ago! <laughs> breaking news! <laughs> Uh, it was announced that Donald Trump was indicted. And Great timing, Department of Justice. It's MLB opening day, and I have tickets to the game. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> but we had to film and get this over with. I'm sure we'll talk about uh, the whole Donald Trump indictment more on Weekly Weird News, yeah. or at the very least have an update on at it. At least I want to see the mugshot. Yeah, well, it's going to be hard to tell which one's real uh, mixed with all the AI-generated ones true. out there. But... Um, I guess we'll start we'll get episode, to that tomorrow. <laughs> the, the episode, the way I had written it before all this news came mm -hmm. in. Uh, first thing we're going to focus on today is something a bit lighter because news has been heavy recently. And we have a news story that is so pointless and stupid that there's really not much to do but point and laugh. And we enjoy covering random legal topics on this show from time to time. But one of the things this country is known for are frivolous lawsuits. And look, I have no idea how serious the guy behind the lawsuit against Gwyneth Paltrow is, but at face value, uh, it seems like an accident that is inherent in the sport that they were both engaged in. And look, to be clear, I'm no Gwyneth Paltrow fan. In fact, I think her stupid e-commerce website and holistic advice blog has probably done more harm to the nation than her skis ever could. It's literally burned down multiple homes. But the trial that's been playing out as a result of her crashing into someone or the other way around while skiing has been one of the silliest goddamn things I've ever seen. It's a real Rashomon situation of who was higher on the hill than the other at any given time, who hit who, whose fault it was, who ran away, who stayed. The trial itself feels like it was written by comedy writers and is just a play that is happening and isn't a real serious trial. Yeah, this is like the trial of Tim Heidecker. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's kind of nuts. Uh, so you might be asking yourself, how could it be so silly? Well, uh, we will get to the clips, but you have to see to believe. Uh, let's start with the basics of exactly what's happening here. And to be clear, we don't know enough about this case to really take a position one way or the other. Nor do we care to. We just hope everyone has fun. Yeah, and so, it seems like everyone watching the trial <laughs> did have fun. So uh, we're just taking this at face value here. Back in 2016, long ago, while skiing at an upscale ski resort in Utah, Gwyneth Goop Paltrow uh, collided with a man named Terry Sanderson, who was in his 60s at the time. Uh, he suffered what is described as physical and emotional wounds. Uh, to be more specific, he claims to have suffered broken ribs and brain damage as a result of this collision. Uh, skiing can obviously be a dangerous sport for numerous reasons. That's how Sonny Bono got oh, no. taken out. Uh, the landscape, the unpredictability of fellow skiers and snowboarders. There's just a lot of factors at play. You're moving pretty goddamn fast. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the snow conditions, which uh, can greatly affect can vary. Yeah, they can vary quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I was I had a great ski day uh, last time I went out. It was a couple years ago, and on my last run, I hit just a basically a boulder, a little rock of snow mm -hmm. that was much harder than the rest of the snow, and it took me out. I, I took a quite a tumble. I I hurt myself real bad. Uh, I I cracked ribs uh, snowboarding a couple of years ago, and I had to be taken down the hill in one of those red sleds pulled by a. Uh, 
a snowmobile, and it was very embarrassing. Yeah. And they can't do much for broken ribs. They're just like, well, ski better next time. Yeah. I was snowboarding. Try not to breathe too hard. Yeah. So yeah, skiing accidents, not rare at all. It really seems as though this was just yet another accident because I'm sorry, it's really hard to picture the goop lady hunting down retirees on the slopes and intentionally crashing into them at a speed that would ensure their suffering. <laughs> it would be diabolical. I mean, I wouldn't put it past her, but... Uh, I know. Uh, maybe she could, so that she could then sell him a holistic cure. Yeah, I've got just the thing for all those broken ribs. A vagina egg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, we're not saying this guy didn't suffer any injuries, but this shit happens. And in a lot of cases, the results are much worse than a few cracked ribs. Uh, it also at least crosses your mind that maybe this guy wouldn't have filed a lawsuit against the person he collided with if it weren't Pepper Potts. Then again... This is America. Maybe yeah. his insurance company wasn't going to cover his medical bills or something American like that. So he, he had to go after someone and couldn't go after the, the, the resort or the slopes place because you can't go after them. All those pesky liability waivers and warning signs. This is I, yeah, I think you're spot on with that. If this was any other country where everyone's entitled to the same level of medical care uh, that they need because they have broken bones yeah. and... Uh, a bruised up brain, um, this probably wouldn't be going down like this. Uh, in a lot of claims, you uh, have to file a lawsuit in order to get uh, your medical yeah. bills covered. But so. yeah, in this country where uh, anything bad medically happens to you, you are uh, financially fucked. And finding out that the person who did it to you is a multimillionaire, it would sting. Yes. You would, you would want to do whatever in your power to maybe have them offset your financial costs, yeah. because it'd be a lot easier for them than for you. Regardless, uh, he's seeking $300,000 for physical and emotional damages, claiming that his life has completely changed because of the incident. And again, not here to deliberate over the case. We're sure this guy probably did get hurt and all that, but this trial has been bananas and has featured some quotes and clips that make everyone involved look really strange, and in one particular case, kind of horny. So the following clips are from Gwyneth Paltrow being grilled by a lawyer representing the person suing her. Uh, keep that in mind, because I think the old guy's lawyer might actually have a bit of a crush on Ms. Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm -hmm. Check it out. You were wearing goggles, a helmet. Yes. Okay, kind of looked like everybody else on the slope. That's always my intention. Okay. Probably had a better ski outfit, though, I bet. <laughs> I still have the same one. <laughs> May I ask how tall you are? I'm just under 5'10". Okay, I am so jealous. I think I'm shrinking, though. You and me both. I have to wear four-inch heels just to make it to 5'5". Five five, well, so. They're very nice. Well, thank you. And you're not trained in accident reconstruction. Me? Yeah. No. Neither am I. I was yelling at him. Pretty loud. Pretty was, forceful. I was pretty upset. Right? You're yeah. small but mighty. Actually, you're not that small. Okay, and I'm assuming you're under oath here, that you're a good tipper. Yes. Okay, fantastic. I wouldn't expect anything less. Yeah, And just, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty strange. Uh, for good measure, here are some more random clips from the trial as it's played out over the past few days, including one where the guy who filed the lawsuit uh, evokes some QAnon-level reasoning for suing celebrities. Enjoy. Yesterday you heard Terry Sanderson say, it's a hard thing to bring a lawsuit against the celebrity said they destroy your life his skis would have popped right off you don't you don't keep your skis when you get blown 
Terry has tried to get off that mountain, but he's really still there. Part of Terry will forever be on the bandana run, figuratively. Whole different, crazy story. Uh, that objection, argument, Your Honor. That is our overruled. Oh, then not then I reassert my crazy <laughs> comment. Private security for my client wanted to uh, bring in treats for the bailiffs for how helpful they've been. So I wanted to do that transparently and see if there are any objections. We object. Okay. There's an objection. Okay. So, so I will let them know. Let them know. Thank you, but no, but no, thank you. Upon filing your lawsuit in a press conference, compare my client to King Kong coming out of the jungle. Yes or no? That was not my intention. In your opinion, is Miss Paltrow's account consistent with? what you know about biomechanical engineering. Yes, it is. And maybe another way to put that um, is, is it consistent with the laws of physics? It's the same question, yes. Yeah, and exactly. Ms. Paltrow's version, her, her scenario, is consistent with the laws of physics and what we know about biomechanics. He is blind in his right eye. He said, I use that term loosely. He's an optometrist, for heaven's sakes. He's blind in that eye from a stroke. Yeah, I, I'm classifying as an ins insult, but it's absolutely ignoring me, ignorance. And, and that's what it felt like. It's like, what is going on here? This is obviously an issue that someone needs to be accountable for. And if they're never accountable, what are they going to do? They're going to do it again. Now we have the molesting of young children on an island. Your Honor, Denial. this is ridiculous testimony. He's talking about... Sustained as to relevance. The last part, the jury should disregard. Anyway, uh, we hope that you will help bring Terry home off that mountain with a fair verdict today. Yeah, pretty bold to say that uh, if people didn't hold celebrities accountable, they would go to, uh, t they would bring children to sex islands. I mean, yeah, he's got a point. <laughs> uh, as for the end result, as of when we filmed this, the trial had officially ended. The jury had entered deliberations and they were... That's it. We're, that's yeah. We're gonna leave it at that. I guess uh, on a cliffhanger. We are sure that the verdict has already happened, but honestly, it was the fun that they had along the way. The journey was far more important in this case. Mm -hmm. And now we have to talk about Ticketmaster. Oh, again. my favorite ticketing company, Ticketmaster. What did they do this time? <laughs> and we also probably have to ruffle a, a few feathers because. I'm not exactly sure, but I would have to assume that there's at least some shred of crossover between people who watch our show and people who are fans of the band Avenged Sevenfold. Look, I, I think they're kind of cheesy, and I wasn't even a fan of them back when I was in high school. They were definitely considered lame. Then again, I listened to some pretty terrible garbage in retrospect, too. Uh, this band has persisted in the metal scene for 20-plus years, so uh, obviously they're doing something right, I guess. I'm just as happy ignoring them because they weren't even on my radar the past, I don't know, 15 years. To each their own, but unfortunately my radar had a ping on it this past week when it was announced that the band had partnered with Ticketmaster to launch a new era of ticket purchasing and live event attendance. 
Finally, right? I mean, we've been watching Ticketmaster struggle for so long, trying to figure out how to get tickets into the hands of real fans. Yeah. They've been keeping themselves up at night, they've been racking their brains, and they've been pulling out their pockets with flies buzzing out of them, just completely empty. Uh, it's an issue, though, that was almost non-existent before their monopolization of the live entertainment industry through their merger with Live Nation, um, which is strange. I don't know, just yeah, weird, weird timing. Weird coincidence. Yeah, uh, so, so how did they solve it exactly? <laughs> they solved it with NFTs. Non-fungible tokens. Yeah. God damn it, they're doing NFT tickets now. The first trial run of this method is in collaboration with Avenged Sevenfold, which many of you have pointed out to us online. It's not out of character for this band, I guess, or its members who have apparently been completely locked into crypto and NFT bullshit since the trend started to take off. Okay. Yeah. So this, like anything else attached to crypto in this year, 2023, really seems like something that was probably cooked up and committed to back when crypto and NFTs were soaring in manufactured popularity yeah. and hype because these types of activations take time to come to fruition, which is it's probably why we're seeing so many stupid ideas still bubbling up from time to time. Yeah, this was, these are probably, uh, we mentioned another one recently, but it seems like the end result of contracts and ideas that were, uh, you know, forged and signed uh, last year around this time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, regardless, this is being positioned as the next evolution in ticket sales, ensuring that real fans are the ones who will have access to tickets so they can see their favorite bands despite the clear fact that anyone could just buy one of these stupid NFTs and then use them to buy tickets uh, and then sell those tickets for a higher markup than the cost of the ticket and the NFT. Um, yeah, it doesn't really... Did, did, did anyone let Ticketmaster know they are actually, there are dedicated marketplaces for NFT uh, sales? I'm not sure. Unless Mr. Shadows, which I believe is what the M stands for in M Shadows. Uh, if Mr. Shadows is personally confirming every NFT, then maybe, but... Uh, we're not sure if Mr. Shadows is doing that. So the Death Bats Club NFT collection, which gives you early access to their concert tickets, uh, they are, of course, as ugly and as seemingly cheaply thrown together as most of the other NFT garbage you'll find in the NFT space. They are readily available for purchase on marketplaces like OpenSea. And based on the stats provided by OpenSea, it appears as though only around 5,000 people actually own these ugly things, which spread out across you know dozens of tour dates means that this promotion and use case for NFT accounts is an ex incredibly small percentage of tickets sold because they're playing arenas. So there are dozens of them. <laughs> it probably cost Ticketmaster much more in promotion and tech deployment to activate this than what they're actually making off of it, which is a funny little side note, but it's also depressing that this will be used as some sort of provable scenario for NFT adoption, which is totally untrue and stupid. Again, anyone, anyone could, if they fall for stupid marketing, could go buy one of these NFTs and then buy the tickets. It in no way guarantees the purchase for real yeah, fans. It just adds another step. Yeah, it, it just someone took an extra step and then hopes that they can not only resell the, the ticket, but then off, also offload the stupid bat head to some other idiot. And by the way, for um, real fans, not only are they having to pay for the tickets they buy, which are expensive, plus all of Ticketmaster's fees, which are expensive, but they also have to pay for the cost of the NFT, which is useless except for acting as a key to access early tickets that you have to pay for. Oh, uh, you can also look at it whenever you're feeling sad. And show your other uh, fellow Death Bat Club members hey, down at the show. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs>
<laughs> Which one do you have? Do you have the one with the rainbow headband or the one with the cool earring? But yeah, tickets, these are tickets, by the way, that will inevitably drop in price, as it historically has been proven, once the date of the concert gets closer. Just wait and see. I got so many concerts coming up that I'm excited to test this <laughs> method out on. There are yeah. some like really good ones coming to LA in the next like two or three months. Just look at the Taylor King Swift. King Gizzard uh, at the Hollywood Bowl. It's like right now, like $500 for fucking yeah. nosebleeds. I'm like, you wait. Springsteen's coming. Uh, Springsteen might be tough. That uh, one might be hard. Look at uh, uh, as the, a the test cure. Case. I'm going to try it out on the cure. Yeah. The test case here is is monitoring the Taylor Swift prices at like as the date approaches for each place in the yeah. country. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I have actually seen tweets when I was like looking into this whole promotion thing that uh, tweets that are replied to and promoted by the band where people are like, "Wow, look, I'm glad I got my ticket. Look how expensive the resale market is." And it's literally just NFT people selling the tickets that they bought with their NFTs for marked up prices hmm. because those are the only people that are supposed to have it. So the only people that are supposed to have it that are able to resell it are the ones who are now exploiting the fans well, for the cost of the tickets. These ticket. guys are such big fans. They care so much about Avenged Sevenfold that they are very generously um, making sure that other Avenged Sevenfold fans that might not have the fortune of having uh, one of these stupid NFTs that they have uh, a chance to see the band as well. That's that's true fandom. For a like quadruple the markup price. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, here's more from Billboard about this promotion. Ticketmaster has rolled out crypto wallet integration for Avenged Sevenfold's upcoming tour, allowing NFT holders from the heavy metal band's fan club Death Bats Club, to get priority access to tickets and reserve seating with no queues. Fans have already used the feature to purchase tickets for events at New York's Madison Square Garden and the Forum in Los Angeles ahead of the general public. Now the initiative will now go live for the rest of the dates available on Ticketmaster. We have integrated Death Bats Club into Ticketmaster, confirmed singer Matt Sanders on Twitter, assuring fans get the best tickets at the best prices without bots, scalpers, and long wait times. Shadows was instrumental in pushing the Ticketmaster <laughs> integration forward and has been an early advocate for NFTs and Web3. The band launched the Death Bats Club in 2021, a collection of 10,000 NFTs with unique visual traits that unlock real-life perks such as care packages, meet and greet opportunities, and now early access ticketing. Okay, so it's a fan so club. Sounds like this is probably just going to be an Avenged Sevenfold thing. No. Ticketmaster has deployed NFTs for uh, multiple other artists. Yeah, but like it seems like these guys are the only ones who really like care. Uh, you, Yes, I would say <laughs> that there's a lot of artists out there that don't give a shit about this, but uh, as has been proven time and time again, uh, a lot of artists aren't really in control of their own careers. And there might be record labels and stuff like that who are going to make sure that this is adopted by their fan base. Uh, but like record labels are also like historically very, very averse to new technologies. Not if they're making money off of it. Yeah, but that's the thing. Anyway, <laughs> it's funny that people are using the whole resale value thing as a metric for not getting fucked over by scalpers when the only people who could resell the tickets at that point in time were the people who purchased them via NFT access. Also, this is just the first in what appears to be a long line of this kind of promotion. So, I, yeah, prepare yourself to continue being annoyed by the ticket purchasing process uh, until uh, Ticketmaster gets tired of this NFT shit and the government 
finally, hopefully, steps in and uh, breaks them up into a million pieces and casts them <laughs> into the sea. Yeah. Uh, did you see the email that got sent out to people who had gotten this very small refund from the cure tickets? No. Where it was like kind of a backhanded compliment to Robert Smith. It was like, you have received a slight refund on your Ticketmaster fees. Robert Smith is to thank for this. It was just like, it seemed like they were very sad about it. Well, whatever. But also, hold on. Another interesting thing about this is like, Ticketmaster gets all the hate rightfully, but like AXS does exactly the same yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And they, th I'm sure they just love every time the attention goes on Ticketmaster because AXS has the exact same business model. Well, so this is also, the, it's just like with TikTok. If the government targets its only Ticketmaster, yeah. it's going to seem pretty suspicious to the industry overall. Yeah. Like you have to, you have to regulate the entire the entire industry, yeah. not just taking on one company. It's easy to take on Ticketmaster because they're the biggest and they rely on the monopoly they have. Whereas AXS, like, I'm sure they own venues, but not like Live Nation does. Yeah. So, yes, there's a lot of uh, problems with all of this. But yes, a sweeping regulation will be wonderful. But hold on, gamers. We have some late-breaking news. Some late-breaking gaming news for all the gamers out what? there. You can cease rinsing up. Yeah. It is no longer needed because the former Goliath of video game expos is no more. E3 has been canceled. Oh, who did E3 uh, DM? Yeah, they got into E3's old tweets. Yeah. Uh, cancel culture <laughs> strikes again. You hate to see it. E3 was simply too woke. Uh, go woke, go broke. But seriously, this year's E3 has been canceled just weeks before it was set to begin, which is... Uh, out of the ordinary, considering how much time, planning, money, marketing, and everything else goes into a live production and on-site event like this. What is the cancellation fee for the entire L.A. convention center at this late of, uh, you know, this close to the event? Probably right. very high. So they must have calculated they were going to lose significantly more money than that, which yeah. is... Um, Interesting. Concerning. Yeah, looking into <laughs> this. Uh, and while this is just E3 2023 being canceled... It's it, done. They're yeah, done. It's done. Uh, it follows <laughs> in the footsteps of the previous past few years, which included a canceled event in 2020 due to COVID, an online-only version in 2021, and a canceled event in 2022. Chances are that this antiquated event will be yet another relic of the past. And we are sure that Jeff Keighley has been rock hard all afternoon. Yeah. This is great news for the Jeff Keighley business. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. shares of Jeff Keighley are going sky high. Exactly. Invest in Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big Jeff news. But yeah, he uh, he does deserve to pat himself on the back. Yeah. Because at least he had the foresight to launch a new summertime gaming event when E3 started to show its cracks. And also, it might have almost, and it almost certainly did contribute to the demise of E3. Yeah, it's an arguably much better event. Just every E3 is such a product of the early 1990s when trade shows were very different than what they are now. And um, yeah, for the past 10, 15 years, companies have realized, wait, I don't need E3. <laughs> I can just have my own event and yeah. people will come. Or watch, watch it online. It online. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So yeah, the news of E3's full cancellation follows recent news of developers and publishers backing out of the event, including a recent statement from Ubisoft where they were backing out and doing their own separate digital event instead, which is probably going to be powered by AI and NFTs or some stupid fucking bullshit because it's Ubisoft and they're 
morally bankrupt. Mm -hmm. But uh, more on this crazy news about E3, here's IGN. Almost a year after announcing its return, the Entertainment Software Association announced today to its members that this year's Electronic Entertainment Expo, E3, has been canceled. IGN can confirm. Two sources have confirmed to IGN that the organization announced the cancellation via an email sent out to its members today. The email said that while E3 remains a beloved event and brand, that the 2023 version simply did not garner the sustained interest necessary to execute it in a way that would showcase the size, strength, and impact of our industry. Uh, the ESA concludes the email by reiterating its commitment to advocacy work. It does not mention undertaking the show again in future years. It's fucking over. Mm -hmm. Following IGN's report, the ESA issued the following public statement from Kyle Marsden Kish, Global VP of Gaming, Read Pop. This was a difficult decision because of all the effort we and our partners put toward making this event happen. But we had to do what's right for the industry and what's right for E3. We appreciate and understand that interested companies wouldn't have playable demos ready and that resourcing challenges made being at E3 this summer an obstacle they couldn't overcome. For those who did commit to E3 2023, we're sorry we can't put on the showcase you deserve and that you've come to expect from ReadPop's event experiences. The event was supposed to be held from June 13th through June 16th at the Los Angeles Convention Center and would have been the first in-person E3 event since 2019. E3's return for this year was announced last June alongside the confirmation that E3 2022 had been canceled. The news comes as multiple big names in the industry from Xbox, Nintendo, PlayStation, and more recently Ubisoft announced that it would not be attending E3 in any capacity, with most opting to host its own digital showcases. And, and yeah, Jeff Keighley is absolutely filling the power vacuum here. He tweeted immediately after this announcement, adding a photo of him with the real-life Duke Nukem uh, from back in 1995, adding, E3 meant so much to me and to so many of you too. Four years ago, I realized that E3 wasn't evolving as it needed to compete in a global digital world. So we started building what's next. See you at Summer Games Fest, June 8th. So there you go. All right. So you, there's, you know... Gaming, E3 might be dead, but gaming is alive and well. Yes. But let's switch gears and check in on Florida for a second. You doing okay, Florida? No? Mm. Well, good. Yeah. It appears <laughs> as though the new board of directors installed by Governor Ron DeSantis that has been tasked with operating the district-encompassing Disney World has already been rendered useless by the Disney Corporation thanks to some updates which include... Uh, pretty hilarious verbiage. They, the best lawyers. Yes, they do. In case you need a very fast refresher, basically Disney started its own district to operate services within their Florida parks footprint. It's a big footprint. Yes. Uh, in a way to somehow control and threaten Disney to stop being so woke all the time or whatever, DeSantis ruled that the, the district would be taken over by the state. But uh-oh, that means taxpayers would be on the hook for any expenses and debts. Uh-oh. Yeah. So they reworded it and it uh, basically became nothing more than optics for DeSantis to make it appear as though he was punishing Disney while ironically providing the company with something like half a billion dollars in tax breaks for their new employee campus. Weird, huh? Also that campus, uh, I don't know, based on everyone I know who works with Disney, it's, uh, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, well, <laughs> immediately all of the California yeah. Disney workers were like, no, I don't yeah. want to move you to have, Florida. You have multiple problems here. No one wants to move from <laughs> Southern California to Central Florida. It is a massive downgrade. Yeah. And also they announced those plans before Ron DeSantis was governor. And that 
that probably does things. change things. Yeah. Uh, still, Disney decided to quietly remove any ability for the new DeSantis installed board to do anything at all, thanks to a fun little loophole that they set up for themselves. Here's the New York Times. In the middle of that week on February 8th, the tax districts board, the Disney controlled one, passed restrictive covenants and a development agreement giving the company vast control over future construction in the district. The new board doesn't have any say. Furthermore, the agreement is effective for perpetuity, according to the agreement, which uses contractual language known as a royal lives clause. Quote, shall continue in effect until 21 years after the death of the last survivor of the descendants of King Charles III, King of England, living as of the date of this declaration. The agreement also prohibits the tax district, now called the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District, from using Disney's name, Mickey Mouse, and other characters without the company's approval. Disney can sue for damages for violations. Quote, the board loses, for practical purposes, the majority of its ability to do anything beyond maintain the roads and maintain basic infrastructure, Ron Perry, a member of the new board, told the Orlando Sentinel. Wow. So, that's wild. I'm reading a book right now about uh, the villages, the largest uh, retirement community on Earth, mm -hmm. which is in Central Florida, and uh, a lot of the book is just about the weird shit that only exists in Florida about, like, how public and private there's like a very blurry line there and you can basically like start your own town and just how that all and that started basically with walt disney basically coming to florida and being like hey we need each other but you need me a lot more than well, I need you." well uh it was a bit more uh diabolical than that because he started buying up land right without like, telling anyone hey, by the way i own half the state now so yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, because they would have jacked up the prices and made a bunch of rules if they yeah. would have let it known. Like, I don't know. I can buy, I, I can put Disney World anywhere. Like I haven't decided yet. This is not some nice land, but I can get rid of it. It's just swamp land. Yeah. <laughs> what do you say we make a deal? Growing fucking watermelons there again. I don't care. So well played, Mr. DeSantis. Not only did you accomplish nothing, but you still provided uh, what could be massive tax breaks to a company you claim to despise. And now you look dumb as hell following weeks of being made to look like a fool by your own party and former president. Well played indeed, He's sir. He's washed. But while we're on the topic of Florida, we have a, a small update on the story regarding that principal who was forced to step down after having the audacity to expose children to one of the most famous sculptures on Earth, Michelangelo's David. Wow, that's grooming 101 right there. Uh, the principal's getting a nice trip to Italy. Hey. Which is nice, but... Uh, you know, I'm sure they'd rather have their job back. Can you? No, I mean... I mean, this is like a Mr. Beast-level consolation prize. The problem is not solved, but, you know, you get a gift and everyone claps. A free trip to Italy? Yeah. Uh, I'll take it. We're just a living, breathing game show of a country, folks. Here's NPR. Every year, sixth-grade students at Tallahassee Classical School have been taught and shown a picture of Michelangelo's David statue. But this month, things went awry sparking an apology letter to parents, an emergency school board meeting, and a principal's resignation. On Monday, even the museum that houses the sculpture in Italy took notice. Cecily Holberg, director of the Galleria dell'Accademia, told the Associated Press that she was astonished at the controversy and welcomed the principal, school board, parents, and student body to come view the purity of the statue in person. Dario Nardella, mayor of Florence, Italy, also wrote on Twitter that he personally invites the Florida educator who was let go to the city to be recognized, adding that whoever teaches such art deserves respect. Wait, wait, so they're not even going to pay for the job? No, okay, well, come on. Uh, we, uh, we need to, you know. Those cheap Italian bastards. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Come on. 
this is a this is this will be great for uh, Italian tourism, and uh, great for this uh, educator who probably just wants their job back. Yeah, if you come here, we'll uh, we'll say what's up. So, Mamma Mia. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we do. Have, speaking of Italian food, probably gonna have a little bit of meatball news on Weekly Weird News uh, this week. Yeah, so stay tuned uh, for that. <laughs> but before we let you go. Former President Donald J. Trump has been indicted by a New York grand jury. Woo! Wow! Whoa! That's that's crazy news. Do we remember how to do the Pete? So let's try, let's try to attempt to it, try it. It was a claps, rolls. Oh, claps, points, rolls. Yeah, hold on. Let's see. There we go. Yeah, that was. You know, we do have like a good riding memories. a bike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Donald Trump's indicted everyone. Unfortunately, yes, this news uh, broke right before we filmed. I'm headed. I'm heading to Dodger Stadium. We'll talk about Donald Trump uh, tomorrow. But for now, we'll uh, we do have some funny clips that have been popping up uh, since this was announced. Uh, especially this one uh, from Fox News finding out about this and breaking away from commercials to report on this news. Uh, which resulted in audible gasps throughout the newsroom. So enjoy. Here, uh, we have just gotten word <gasps> former President Donald Trump has what? been indicted hmm. by a grand jury in New York. Trump was under investigation by the DA's office for his alleged hush money payment to adult film star Stormy Daniels during the 2016 campaign. We were told by the Democrats in the media that your private life's your private life. Everything was consensual. Now all of a sudden consensual is a felony. And they're literally prosecuting the former president over sex? This DA in particular is the king of woke. At some point, the guy deserves a pass. At, well, Hillary Clinton got a pass. Hillary Clinton, of course, deleted 33,000 deleted emails. And how do you get to 34 counts on this, in your view? How do you do it? You take a, well, if, if you got a pile of crap and you chop it up 34 times, it's still a pile of crap. What they're doing now to President Trump at the major league level is not only frightening, but this is probably, I would say, the most threatening thing to our republic since South Carolina fired shots at Fort Sumner and started the Civil War. Soros to back Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg is actually indicting my father. So let's be clear, folks. This is like communist level shit. This is stuff that would make Mao, Stalin, uh, Pol Pot, it would make them blush. Oh, hate to see it. Anyway, we'll be back for Weekly Weird News and we're gonna do some cleanup on some of these stories. <laughs> and talk about the forbidden meatball, among many other things on yeah. Weekly Weird News. In the meantime, uh, you know, enjoy yourselves. Probably a fun time to be online right now. I yeah. don't know, but uh, I mean, nothing's going to top the day he got COVID. Yeah, that's true. But this is maybe a close second, and the day he lost the election. Those yeah, really, yeah, I mean, uh, that one had good. some pretty, uh, you know, detrimental consequences. But uh, yeah, the the best part about this one too was like, it was like ten minutes before the actual indictment was announced. There were uh, reports and posts and photos on Twitter popping up of like. Hey, all of a sudden, the NYPD's back with a bunch of barricades? Weird. Yeah, and then it was announced. I wonder what that's for. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, in the meantime, we have two other episodes up there for you. Please watch those previous episodes, and we will be back for Weekly Weird News. Uh, we'll see you soon. Subscribe to the channel. Like the video.
Leave a bunch of comments. Uh, click the videos. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.